Welcome back to a, uh, another edition of Garage Talk. A day late and a dollar short. We are here for Garage Talk. Um, I'm joined today by a very special guest, a man on a mission, a man that has a big event this week. Uh, it's Mr. IDK Player from YouTube, iRacing extraordinaire, and talker into microphone. Uh, IDK, can I, can I call you IDK for short? Yeah, you can call me that, yeah. I don't know. That's what everyone. That's what everyone calls me. I know the player <laughs> takes way too long, so they're just like IDK. Oh, dude, we we we're uh, we're happy to have you on the show. Before we get started uh, talking about what's going on this week and and learn a little bit more about IDK player, gotta go ahead and give a shout out to the people that pay the bills here. So shout out to Hooters uh, right now. If you get over to Hooters2Go.com or you download the Hooters app and use promo code Garage Guys, you can save ten dollars off any order, thirty dollars or more. That's right. We save you $10. It's Christmas time. It's a season of giving. Give someone $10. You don't even have to give them a real $10. You just give them the code and tell them to go to Hooters and use it. All right. And there's no fine print guy here. Dale is, uh, is busy studying and uh, studying driving right now. We'll say that. So a little hint at what we're going to talk about, but uh, have to do the fine print myself. Valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders only. Hooters to go promo code garage guys save $10 off any order $30 or more. That was my plug. Did you like it? Oh, I love it. I'll use it when I go to Hooters again. Heck yeah. That's what, that's what we're all about. I mean, you live, you're actually in Florida. So, yeah. so Hooters is like, uh, the uh, Hooter, like Florida is like the capital of Hooters because they started really? in, in, in Florida. Yes. So it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing always. So yes, go, go eat Hooters. And I think we have a Hooters car. It's going to be racing in an event that you have. We do. Yeah. This weekend. And it's actually Dale. And it looks nice. Like I, I've already seen it. And I was like, Whoa, that car like, is that sexy. He, it reminds me of the Flint tropics from a uh, semi pro. Yes. <laughs> I haven't got to ask him yet, but I was going to like ask him that. And like, now that it's on the show, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to ask him before this drops. If, if I talk to him, I might not even speak to him. He may be just so zoned in. I guarantee you right now, he's probably in his living room on, at, at his rig. And he's probably got the Dale Earnhardt goggles on with a helmet, <laughs> like a bike helmet. Like seriously, like he gets all into it, but uh, I know he's excited about this event that you have coming up um let's go ahead and just talk about that so obviously you're in iRacing this event that's on Friday is going to be the world 600 which is going to be um what what we may know now as the largest event uh in iRacing known to man mainly because it's called the world 600 so we we got into a conversation about what that meant so I want you to kind of just walk us through what World 600 means and, and what this event on iRacing uh, you're hoping to do with it moving forward. Yeah, so we actually had other venues that we wanted to go to before Daytona because we've already done two events so far at Daytona. And when we were thinking about names, we were like, okay, our last event, the NWP 400, which was the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, they sponsored. It was a huge event, like 16,000 showed up. 
And we're like, what can we do to step that up when it comes down to production, when it can come down to the name, you know, a marketable name. And at first we were talking about possibly heading to the national fairgrounds. Cause at the time I really saw the national fairgrounds as an opportunity to have an event and you know, the viewers liked it, but I feel like we were just a little bit too far ahead of our time for going to the fairgrounds for an event. So we're like, okay, we'll move that till 2022. What about Indianapolis? You know, Indianapolis, it's the most famous racetrack in the world. One of the most historic racetracks in the world that could be the site of a world 600. And people were like, why don't you just go to Charlotte? The world 600 in real life was held at Charlotte and technically still is just now Coca-Cola. And we were like, yeah, I mean, we could do that. But when looking at iRacing, not just from a driver standpoint, but from an entertainment standpoint for the viewers, we don't think Charlotte with the cars that we wanted to use would have fit, you know, it would just not fit for us. Right. And we're like, okay, what else could we have done? So we're looking all over America. And I thought, wait a minute, you know, Daytona, the world center of racing. Why don't we have the world 600 at the world center of racing? It fits world world but 600 everyone's like you're gonna do 600 miles at daytona are you crazy and i was like no we'll, we'll stop there <laughs> you know we'll do be a little a crazy but it's worth it. yeah we'll do a 600 payout so we can have the title world 600 make sense and we'll do 160 laps which is actually 400 miles and i believe that's entwined with what they did back in august where you know the coca-cola for uh coke zero 400 we're doing 400 miles and we're like, okay, that's it. We got it. And we'll move the other events that we wanted back. So now we're like, okay, Indianapolis is a great idea. Now we're actually getting people to work with. How can we add the car tomorrow with Indy due to a brickyard 400 in May possibly. And then, you know, Nashville fairgrounds are like, okay, what can we do to bring the historic track to I racing for an event under the NR nine American name? So we have these tracks that we, put on the line of, you know, we might do this kind of shelved it to the side, but we do plan on going to those tracks in the near future for an event. So this is going to be like a thing where we could see it go into like a new track every year. So we could do that for the 600 or we could just have their own standalone events. So we're kind of like in the early Pixar years, you know, like we don't want to put out too many sequels. We kind of just want to get our own standalone stuff. Our first sequel, uh, sequel for an event will actually be the Florida 500. We did one in August and uh, it was kind of based off Cars 3. You know, I'm, I'm a Pixar nerd. I'm a Disney nerd and I just like the Cars franchise. So we're doing the Florida 500 with the next gens in February. But with the World 600, if this is a success, I would like to keep it at Daytona as like an end of the year type of deal. Like at the end of every year, we have the World 600 at Daytona, but I'm always off, uh, open to new opportunities and changes. Like, for instance, maybe Charlotte gets better. And all of a sudden, hey, we go to Charlotte or we found a really good car track combo with Indianapolis. And you know what? Let's go to Indianapolis. So it's always open for change. But right now we want to make sure we find something that the viewers love and the viewers will come back to if we could if we decide to do it again. I love that. So obviously, I want to talk a little more about the World 600 as you know, we get towards the, the end of the show. But I feel like this is a perfect opportunity just to, uh, to go ahead and say you mentioned you're a Pixar nerd. Um, you know, you just got to keep grinding hard so you can get Owen Wilson to commentate a race as Lightning <laughs> McQueen and, and well, make it great. happen. Oh, I'd love to get him to do at least a something like a cameo for a yeah. race one day. That's awesome. I would yeah. Love that. yeah. 
like I would get him to mix Wedding Crashers quotes with Lightning McQueen. It would not be for the kids by any means, but it would be pretty fun. Or even uh, to get him to race. I mean, just have a mid-race interview with him. Oh, yeah, dude, all the way. We love Owen Wilson, the best broke-nosed guy in the world. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about this. So you, uh, I learned a little bit more about you personally. You started out, you were into kind of like console gaming, and so you've yes. recently made this move into iRacing, and you're doing your streams on YouTube. Um, what, what kind of brought this up? I mean, obviously, you're a little bit younger than me. There's a little bit of a generational gap, and, and I've been learning so much about you know, Twitch and the video game space, but there's a huge difference, I feel like, between console gaming and iRacing and where that all is, is centered at. So what kind of made you make that transition? What got you started into this thing in, you know, just in general? Honestly, I just felt limited to what I can do. I mean, on the console side, you can't really add in third-party overlays to an event that you would like to hold on Project Cars 2, on NASCAR Heat, and I was watching the way the Heat games were working, and I was watching, you know, this new step into NASCAR 21. And honestly, from the jump, I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth. If I'm going to be 100% honest, like right around May, I was like, you know, something's not right. Something is not right at all with the engine they're using, with the people that are possibly working on the game, at least from rumors that I heard, uh, people were basically telling me that you were with our factory, like, hey, this engine, it's meant for road course racing. So NASCAR is not strictly oval, but most of the tracks in NASCAR are oval based. So if you're going to make a video game that uses an engine that's mainly for road course racing, there's a good chance it's not going to be a good game. And some people don't understand there hasn't been a good NASCAR game for a while. The last, at least in my opinion, decent NASCAR game was NASCAR Heat 4. NASCAR E5 did, was a copy and paste E4, but it was the last, I want to say, decent playable game that people would play throughout its whole cycle. Got burnt out, but, you know, they were able to play it through the cycle. I didn't want to take that risk of NASCAR 21 being a letdown, which we, well, now we already see. And my channel kind of being stuck on the dead end when it comes to the algorithm, when it comes down to viewership, when it comes down to, you know, I guess you could say people caring about nascar console game i saw it going in a direction that it was going to be i want to say outdated but kind of like an outcast to where i racing is because we saw when the pandemic happened where did nascar go they didn't go console gaming they went right to i racing because they knew they could do so much with it and when watching that race at homestead on i racing that was my first you know hey this is really cool you know, I've always known about iRacing, even when I was like 14, 15. It just never fit me personally, because at the time I was more of an arcade, you know, gaming fan, a uh, big fan of Call of Duty. You know, I, did, I didn't really hate the Heat <laughs> games that much just because at the time I didn't really want a full simulator aspect. But, you know, growing up, I liked the idea of the simulator. Little by little in 2020, towards the end of it, I started doing NR2003 on the PC. And when I started doing that, I would commentate those races. So I'd get the AIs to run around the track. I would commentate the races like it's a real race. And people loved it. They absolutely loved it. And then I started looking at those ratings. And I was like, man, they're doing way better than NASCAR Heat. They're doing way better than GTA. They're doing way better than what I did on the console side. We might have something here. Come 2021, NASCAR E5, it's dead in the water. Completely dead in the water. They're not talking about NASCAR 21 that much. That was Motorsport Games. 
And I started thinking, shouldn't this game be releasing in July, maybe August or September? If it's going to be a really, really good game, I think they would want to talk about it pretty early, kind of like what Hot Wheels did with their game. And that's a masterpiece, in my opinion. You know, just my opinion. Like a, they started talking, like a new Hot Wheels game? Yeah, it's like you you race little the little actual Hot Wheels cars on like a track. And for me, it's nostalgia-based because I remember going to Walmart and seeing the Hot Wheels stuff, the NASCAR stuff, and you race it. And I'm like, hey, man, this game doesn't release for like eight months, and they're having content creators play it already? Look at this game. It's amazing. And I started thinking, why aren't, why aren't Motorsport Games doing this? You know? And I started thinking – there's a good chance this game might be a letdown. You can't always go in expecting a game to be 110%. You got to stay humble. You got to understand there's a good chance some things just don't go the way they're expected. So next thing I knew, you know, NASCAR, uh, NR2003 started picking up more traction. People liked it. And then some people are saying, hey, try out iRacing. Try out iRacing. I'm like, okay, I'll try it out iRacing. I started racing with it a little bit. Viewers didn't really like it that much of me actually driving. They, they obviously from NASCAR 2003 though, ate up when I commentated the races. So what I did was I was like, okay, let's bring the aspect of NR 2003, bring it to iRacing. Let's see if it works. Cause with iRacing, you know, the driver is in control. It's not an AI on a track. The drivers are in control. They have a personality. If they want to go out and wreck someone, they're going to do it. There might be consequences, but they will do it. If they want to go in and pass someone, they will do it. If they want to put it all on the line, they will. And then that personality alone from the drivers through iRacing with me commentating, being severely upbeat with it, it just started eating people up. They're like, they love it. More and more started coming in. And then it got to the point where like, okay, we have something here. Let's go ahead and add overlays. Let's add overlays. Let's see if people like the overlays. They love the overlays. And then it just started becoming a snowball effect of innovation, change, improving trying to go ahead and make it as understanding to the casual viewer as possible because some people come in and they'll just say what is this because it'll hit the algorithm really well what what is this what, what is this racing it's a, in my opinion racing is simple when you look at the bare bones part of it and that's what we went with there's a set amount of laps the race starts the driver who crosses the line first after that set amount of laps will win the race and we kept it exactly to that. Now, there'll be wrecks. There'll be times you have to pit. There'll be times where strategy will come in. Some drivers will get inconsistent. They'll lose time. They'll gain time. And we started feeding that to viewers. And for some, they said it felt real. Like it was amazing how they were just stuck watching this race. They'll go from scrolling through YouTube to stuck watching races for two or three hours on the stream. And that's when we realized we got something here with iRacing. We got to stick with it. We got to go full on in with it. Like we'll do videos on 21, but we got to go full on in with this events, everything 110%. And now here we are in December, getting ready to talk about uh, the fourth e-ticket event. Yeah, man. So there's a lot to unpack from all that. Like for one, I think your passion is there like a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Um, I, I started kind of getting into the whole, um, you know, I watching the I races and things like that. When uh, we had a good buddy of ours goes by Moonhead, uh, he does it over on Twitch. And I think that the fact that you are kind of leaving out of the Twitch space and starting this over on the YouTube space is what's really cool about it. 
because obviously there's two different types of viewers, right? You got your Twitch viewers, you have your YouTube viewers, and there's some that kind of mix in between. You know, with with what uh, with what Moonhead's doing over there, there's definitely a, like some comedy aspects in his broadcasting. He's got, uh, you know, people that are just kind of coming in, just causing these just massive crashes and wrecks. He's doing F1 at Daytona. He's doing, you know, Indy cars at Talladega. Like he's just all over the place. And I love that aspect of it. Just seeing just some of the wildest stuff. So what is something that, you know, other than the platform change, what is something that your product is giving uh, that, that is kind of either complimenting his or that is, you know, completely different from what he's doing. So, I mean, I think you hit it perfectly. Uh, I've watched Travis a lot. I really like what Moonhead does over there. His viewers are very passionate about what he does. And I knew right from the jump, I'm like, you know what? We're not going to do what Moonhead does. You know, what Moonhead does is amazing. It fits his style. It fits his viewers. I want to go for a more professional standpoint. And like our version of chaos was taking formula one on the Daytona road course. Like that was like, Whoa, you know, that that's a big step for us. Cause we're like very entwined with NASCAR. Now the drivers are known for getting out there. We have had beef with other drivers. Like we've had drivers go at it. We've had drivers, you know, go ahead and do crazy and stupid stuff. But at the end of the day, we target things in a certain area like yeah i'll do taldega i'll do daytona i mean people love taldega daytona but we will take gen ford at indianapolis we will take the car tomorrow to auto club we will take the car tomorrow to indianapolis we will change things up but stick within the nascar genre in north america like we've been known for going north of the border to canada for montreal we've been known for doing a road course tournament i know we've been doing a lot of daytona and taldega recently trying to get people to understand this package before the event, but right after this event, we're going to do a lot more car tomorrow, a lot more grassroots, super late at some of these tracks that a lot of people don't know about. And even possibly formula one night in America or F one night in America, where we just go to F one tracks or uh, sorry, U uh, S based road courses in America, just take the F one car there. We have a certain set or a certain mindset that, Moonhead doesn't have, and it's not good. It's not bad. It's just, we're down a different path of what we want to do. Like, for instance, you can tune into Moonhead's races for five or 10 minutes, then tune into NR9 in America. And you can have your opinion of what you like better or what you don't like better. And that's totally your opinion, but you can see that they're two different forms of racing. I want to say, because I will, I would never have thought of taking dirt late models to Talladega. And I saw that race and it was cool. In my yeah. opinion, it was cool, but that's just something that we don't want to go down him, his mindset for uh, at least what I believe from what I've seen. So the, it depends on if you want to take my word for it. It's a little bit more chaotic. We are like, okay, let's not do that. It's not a bad thing, but we don't want to do that because most of our viewers like, or at least our hardcore viewers like the idea of sometimes the race gets spread out. Sometimes the best driver just goes out and win with high horsepower or low horsepower or just they understand the package the best. And they go out there and win. Green flag pit stops. Strategy comes in. They understand certain drivers race a certain way. And we'll go ahead and pinpoint that at an intermediate like Chicagoland or an intermediate like Las Vegas or Homestead with Xfinity. And it might not rack in 500, 600 watching at the end like Daytona or Talladega, but it'll still rack in a good amount of viewership that are hardcore towards NR9 America because they just 
love that type of racing. Like, for instance, we took Gen 4 at like USA and we had, I want to say about an 80 lap green flag run. And for some, they would consider that boring. But for the majority of my viewers, they liked that idea because they knew it was a chance for some of these guys to play a strategy. Talladega with the next gens. We only had two cautions. And the first caution came out on lap four. Everyone had a pit and strategy came in. I look at how many people are watching. There's 530 watching this. They ate up strategy. And that's something that is really difficult to get people to like on iRacing because some people see iRacing as a video game. I see iRacing as an opportunity to showcase NASCAR and racing to new viewers. And we've done a really good job at, from what I've seen, attracting new NASCAR fans. Like at the end of a stream, I'll get a bunch of people to say, you know, I don't watch NASCAR. I don't do any of this stuff. I love what you do. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you just got me into this, but you just got me into this. And I'll, I would take that as a compliment because for someone that watched NASCAR their entire life, to just host a race that some people see as a video game, some see as a sim, to then get people into racing in general, I think that's a huge compliment for what NR9 America has turned into. Yeah, that's a dub, man. And and we appreciate, too. Like, I mean, I love what you do on the aspect of how close you make your NR9 America streams like an actual like race you're watching on television. The fact that you have the overlays, like we've had, we've, we've had the pleasure to have two of our uh, garage guys commercials on yeah. in our night in America and watching those. And like, I, I swear to God, like the first one I watched when Dale was telling me about it, um, I see his video that he made and I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, is this on TV? Like, is this guy got this on television? Cause like it literally was side by side. The race is still going on and there's an ad right there. And I'm like, this is just like TV. Like, and so I think that those are some of the minor differences that are, they're a little bit different between like, you know, y'all's products talking about like between you and Moonhead. But I, I love the fact that you're going for it in that light because it's definitely adds the different element and it makes it more realistic, like you're saying. And that's why you have these people that are going to end up watching what you do then say, well, we want to go check out what's happening at the real tracks. We want to get out to the races. We want to be there. You know, and I think that opens up this whole new world of what our future is going to look like with auto racing, you know, because I'm a big fan and, and a big advocate of saying, find a way to stream the races and give the people power to choose who they want to commentate their race. I think that that's something that should be implemented in the future and something where you could pay a content creator, you know, you, you buy their, their broadcast for, you know, two nine nine five nine nine whatever. And then you get to listen to your favorite person that has signed up to do it. Call a race. There's so many different things you can do with it. And, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to drift too far off the topic of, of, you know, the world 600 and everything that we're talking about here, but I just want to just conversate with you quickly, like on the future of this, we got into a conversation about it last night, this whole idea with the, with the metaverse and where this could head into the future of like how this changes people watching racing. I mean, like, obviously that's something that we're all learning about now. We're all trying to, uh, to kind of see where this is going to go. But, I mean, how do you see this impacting NASCAR and Formula One and IndyCar, you know, in the next 10 to 15 years? Honestly, I think the way gaming or at least the simulation side of things for racing has just started. Like, honestly, I think we're at the beginning of a huge renaissance. I honestly say it all the time. iRacing is in a renaissance. If you look back to what iRacing was two or three years ago, it does not have the hype or the traction it has right now. Granted, it probably had more because of the pandemic in 2020, 
but I still don't think I racing peaked at all. And it's going to continue to get bigger because the thing is, at least on my standpoint, people say, Hey, why do you do this this certain way? Because I have positive reviews and negative reviews. And we listen to both sides so we can continue to improve. What I did was I would watch these races all the time. And I know from a personal standpoint, what I liked about the broadcast, what I don't like about the broadcast. And we implemented that. For instance, you talked about when you guys had uh, the commercial, correct? What did you see from that? The commercial? Yes, the track, but you also had the overlays on yeah, the top. It was in what spot? And then we would do it one pit road, you know, pit sequences were happening. So on the bottom, you could see who was on pit road and how much time they were on pit road for. And the thing what is, I look at Formula One as well. And it's like, man, they really get you in depth with these overlays. Like a race could be boring in Formula One and they will do a nice camera pan zoom and you would just get Max Verstappen standing there, you know, showing his stats off. I think that is so cool. And I think that's what NASCAR is missing. And we're doing our best to use the overlays to our advantage. At the same time, use the commentating aspect to have the viewers understand what's going on because a spread out race should not be considered a bad race. If a leader just got it and checks out by four seconds, the viewers need to know why he did that. Why is he just gone? How did he do it? And that's what we're doing. And at the same point, now back to the future, the metaverse is going to be big. Uh, it's just going to be big. Whether you like it or not, that's the future. At least in my opinion, this is not financial advice, by the way, before anyone decides to go and invest into it. <laughs> but from my standpoint, I believe it's the future. And it's gotten, I've done so much research on it that I want to invest one day into making a racetrack in the metaverse. And my first one that comes to mind is Decentraland. I think Decentraland as of right now is the oldest metaverse and it's the most well-known from what I know. Sandbox is pretty good too, but I've been in Decentraland and I've seen the potential. You know, you look at it right now, you're like, you know, the graphics aren't good or not as good compared to a AAA product that you would see on PlayStation or Xbox. But you can see that people are buying it with cryptocurrency. They're buying NFTs in there that you can wear. You're, they're buying land that they can build. I mean, I've been to casinos in Decentraland. I've been to houses. Some, people, some of my friends, they own houses in Decentraland. They own plots. And I would not be surprised where it gets to a point where my kids, even your kids, one day will say, hey, dad, I'm going to a race. I'll say, where? In Decentraland. And they literally go to a race track. And it could be a sports betting racetrack where they bet cryptocurrency and a race happens, or it could just be a virtual race, kind of like how the Jetsons were robots for football, you know, and yeah. they, they go there, they have fun with their friends and they watch a race. Now, granted, I don't think this is where racing will go completely, but I think this is going to be a huge standpoint where it will be a very common thing come 2030, 2040. And I'm honestly ready for it because I love that idea of, hey, there's a race in 10 minutes. Let's hop on to Centraland. Let's hop on a, a metaverse site. Let's all go in there. Let's go watch the race. Let's bet. Let's bet, uh, you know, cryptocurrency on who we think is going to win over, under, you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, and like a virtual Dover or whatever, where you have like the casino buy it. It's, dude, it's scary. It's scary on some degree, I guess, like. You know, I was a kid growing up. I was a big sci-fi kid. 
So I always love the future and the thought of the future, flying cars, all that stuff, you know, all that jazz. And I'm big on that. I've been seeing what airspeeders doing right now with, with their, their stuff where they had this article come out about, they were going to do flying car races and, you know, we, me and, uh, me and Cody F and powers, he's one of our good buddies. He was on the show with me and we do these, this thing called Naspiracies where we talk of, you know, we'll, we'll make up conspiracy theories and whatever, just that are out of thin air. And we did one about flying cars and how aliens actually gave us race cars. And then the next thing, you know, Adam Stern's putting a tweet out about, you know, flying car. And we're like, we told you it's real, you know? So it's it, the future is just unlimited, man. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying. Like people are going to be tapping into this thing, like the matrix dude, like it's, it's uh, it, it's got a lot of potential and there's always going to be fears with it. And just, you know, putting that much control yourself, basically turning yourself into a, a human data sheet to some corporation yeah. is always going to be freaky. But like you're saying, when it's decentralized, it can be, you know, that's kind of like the hope to where you keep things privatized, like down the road. But just as far as racing goes, I think it'd be cool as shit. And that's uh, it gives people that, you know, don't have the means to to are, are the, the talent, I guess, maybe to, to grow that way. It gives them that open floor to where you can do those things. And I think that betting in general is something that um, that that is is growing now with this. Like it's now that it's legal, it's becoming this this huge thing. And betting with cryptocurrency is just going to get bigger. And and I think that it's time that we start looking into getting into betting on iRacing itself, finding, you know, a way to do that. And those are some ideas and things that we're working on over here at Garage Guys because we want we want people to be able to, you know, not just bet on the sports that, you know, DraftKings or FanDuel or any of those are giving you. We want auto racing to be more, you know, acceptable and all over the board with all racing, you know, real and virtual. Because we know that in order for auto racing to climb that ladder and get back to where it was in the 90s and stuff, you've got to have something that's going to pique the masses interest. You don't have Dale or Jeff out there anymore. But with fantasy and betting on the rise and how much that's built the NBA and NFL, it can do the same thing for racing. It just has to be more open source. And I love what you're saying, too, about the overlays and the graphics. Our, our attention spans have shrunken to this minimum because these cell phones and everything else. I sound like a boomer right now, but, <laughs> but it's the truth. It's like they've shrunken. So you've got to be able to keep people just glued in and it's tough. So I think you, you do a great job at that, man. Thank you. And you, you brought up betting. Uh, we've gotten info from certain viewers that they have betted on the races before. So, yeah. Like, okay. I had to say something been race. I said, listen, depending on the outcome, we are not liable for anything because I don't want a caution to come out and you made a bet with your friend and all of a sudden, you know, you lose that money. I just want to let you know we're not liable for anything that happens because yeah, I've I talked to, I've talked to really about that one, one too. And uh, got, yeah, so that that's something that's tough for you guys. So y'all have to start putting the. We're gonna have to make some disclaimers for you guys or something. We'll put something out there. But uh, I remember what, uh, I called a caution, and someone got so mad because they betted on TCB to win. TCB oh. pit. TCB didn't win, and he was so pissed off because he would bet with his friends, and I don't know how they did it, but I would see in the chat, I'll just say, "Listen, I'm not liable for anything." Make your bets the way you want, but I am not liable for anything. But I, it still does happen. I see it's uh, not really as frequent as I saw it over the summer, but they still do happen. And I would love 
for one day, you know, even garage guys to have like a betting pool for these events or even just any type of like, you know, a license, licensed bets for these streams as well. Cause I yeah. think that's so cool. I love sports betting. I think it's a really awesome market. And I think if NASCAR really taps into it even more, people are going to get into it. Cause like what you said, the attention span now would give people reason to root for a certain driver and get out by five, six, seven seconds. Cause that now gives them the opportunity of, Oh, this isn't a boring race. I'm about to make money. And yeah. to be honest, who doesn't like making money? It's a selfish world, man. And when you, when you make something about yourself, especially with your money, People are going to be a lot more inclined. Like last night, I'm up watching a Suns Clippers game. I mean, I don't like either of those teams, but I had money on it. So I'm watching it. And that's the same concept. And I think that NASCAR has is, is finally come around to that. Um, F1 odds suck. Let's be real. Uh, it's just not even fun betting on that. It, like, so with NASCAR, it's all plus odds. And it's the same thing. I mean, the ovals definitely bring out that that factor. You just don't know. Anything can happen. So it makes what we do even more fun and even more exciting when we win because it's just literally you're, you know, one unit bet could win you thousands in a day. And we had it happen to us multiple times last season. So it was uh, especially at the Dover, Dover Casino. I'll never forget the Alex Bowman bet, man. Like going into the casino, putting real money down, and it's not all virtual on my phone. And I, and I go take the slip in and then they give me cash and I'm just holding it. And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is a victory. I did a parlay that day, a head to head parlay. It hit and the Bowman. Oh, dude, it was just a great day. Loved over. Loved over. Can't wait to go back. <laughs> but uh, you're talking about betting now. So obviously, again, so where can everybody watch uh, th this stream is going to be on your YouTube channel? Yes. Right now, okay. we, we've always experienced uh, or try to experiment with uh, streaming on other platforms with YouTube. But right now, just with the way licensing is with Twitch and us not trying to hurt the quality of the YouTube streams. Right now, it's just strictly on YouTube. You can go to YouTube.com backslash IDK player or go to YouTube, type in IDK player in the search bar. It will be the first one. And come Friday, December 17th, second click on that channel, the World 600 should be right in front of your face. Boom. You can watch it on your television, on the YouTube app. You can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your phone. You, it, can, can you watch it in the metaverse? Not as of right now, but I'd love to one day own an area where I could just put a stream up. But there we go. If you have little, Google that's VR, that's a little bit later down the line. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was saying if you have Google VR, you can watch it. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. YouTube, YouTube should have that where you can put the little, you can go bid a little cereal box and make you a little phone thing. You can watch it like that. And uh, obviously, Dale Tanhart's going to be racing the uh, the 81 Hooters to go garage guys Chevrolet. Uh, can't wait to watch that either. We'll be doing a little stream as well on the side. We want everybody to go check out the main uh, event that IDK player is going to have hosted too. But then, you know, check in here and there and see what Dale's got going on. Get two screens on, on your TV. We, have we, IDK we've had people player. do that. Con That's when content creators race. That's the way. And to I will do say it. one thing about Dale. I want to point this out so the viewers know. We've seen him test. All these guys are testing nonstop, trying to understand this aero package because we talked about it before. This aero package is not what they're used to seeing on iRacing. You got to side draft. You got to work with people. You got to tandem draft. You got to know when to pit. And Dale has been the fastest learner so far from what we've seen. We've seen him be a bottom feeder to making that move on the outside when the time is right and just shooting to the front. So right now he's going in as an underdog, but he is one of the top underdogs that a lot of people are looking out for just because we have made it very public that he is the one that has learned the most. He is the one that has turned from, I guess you could say 
trying to understand it to getting that run, the opportunity strikes. He's going to the top. He's side drafting. He wants to win. It's clear as day he wants to win. Oh, yeah, these yeah. Tests. yeah. He does not like to lose, man. I've seen that guy lose. It's not, it's not a fun <laughs> time. Yeah, he's, we're going to try to make sure he wins 100%. So uh, I think yeah, he's just, he is a, uh, he's an artist with his craft, man. He's constantly going to try to figure out how something works as fast as possible to have this edge on it. So love the guy for that. And, uh, and it's winner yeah. go home. You know, it's you either win $600 or you get nothing. Second place gets absolutely nothing. We've seen in these test races, at least the last three, oh, we did three wide finish for the last three, I believe, except for one where it was side by side. And they would come down to one one thousandths, two one thousandths of a second. It's crazy thinking that, dang, in these test races, if that's how the 600 ends, that's one person winning 600 and the other going with empty pockets. And I think that's where you're going to start seeing some guys possibly get a little it. desperate late in the race and try to nudge people out of the way. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be it. nasty. I'm ready to watch it. I, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm going to be tuned in as well. I don't know whether I'm going to actually go to Dale's to watch it. Cause I know he'll be, he's going to be zoned in. I'm probably going to have to help build him like a box around his computer rig. Cause I would be fucking with him and it probably wouldn't be good. Cause I'll be talking <laughs> and trying to do things, but he's going to have uh he's gonna have our guy, Cody powers uh, spotting for him. So that'd be pretty cool. I just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be fun, man. The way that this has been talked about and hyped up and how seeing how excited he is for it, that definitely uh, makes me, makes me anxious and ready to go. So I'll be doing some fun stuff. Might, might even put out a little, uh, you know, a little fake betting uh, video. You know, we did, we did one for moon car 24. So I might have to do one for the world 600. Just love, just love the name just world six. It just, it's just great. Like it reminds me of cruising world. Just want to go play some cruising world on N64, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's good, man. It's, I, I love that. And, uh, I reckon we're, we're going to go ahead and let you get back to, I know you got a lot of stuff that you got to keep doing and get, uh, get prepared for. And, uh, where can everybody follow you at everywhere online? So you can follow me on Twitter. You can just go to IDK player. You just go ahead and type it in. I should be, uh, popped up. You should see the question mark with the lightning in the background. Actually, no Twitter wrong. You'll see a dude with a blue shirt. Uh, and that will be me. I believe it's an American flag next to my name uh, on Instagram. You can follow me at IDK player as well. And on YouTube, it is just IDK player. All right, well, that's all we've got. Thanks so much for tuning in. Do not miss the world 600 on IDK players, YouTube this weekend. And uh, it's a good garage talk. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. And, uh, and we will see you on Friday. going to be fun. Eight o'clock Eastern. All right, let's go. All right, garage fam. Take care. It's the garage guys. 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 It's it's the garage guys.